Today's episode of the BS Podcast with Cousin Sal and Andre Ward is brought to you by SeatGeek. That is our presenting sponsor. Since the early 1960s, find the best tickets for baseball, hockey, basketball, Hamilton, whatever you want. Last night, Clippers, Jazz, Game 5. I had a feeling a lot of people were using SeatGeek because I saw a lot of Jazz fans in the stance, there's no way they had Clippers tickets. I'm convinced they went to SeatGeek. It is by far the easiest way to shop for the best tickets thanks to their revolutionary grading system. Buy and sell tickets in just two taps on your phone. Everything fully guaranteed. Try it out. Download the SeatGeek app today or go to SeatGeek.com. We are also brought to you by TheRinger.com. I'm writing a column for TheRinger.com. It's about basketball. I think it's going up Thursday, Friday at the latest. But you can also check out... Uh, all the great NBA stuff that we've done. I think we've had a really good last couple of weeks as well as all the other stuff, NFL, draft, pop culture, everything. And, uh, and also the ringer NFL show is really heating up. Cause we got the NFL draft on Thursday. We have a late night round one recap podcast with all of our NFL dudes, Lombardi, Clark Mays, everybody. And then we have another one Friday after round two. So subscribe to the Ringer NFL show right now. You can hear all that stuff. Speaking of the draft, Cousins Sal coming up. We're going to do draft odds. And then an interview we did with Andre Ward that uh, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed. What a cool guy. All right, Pearl Jam, here we go. Wednesday afternoon, 11.30 a.m. West Coast time. A lot of basketball coming tonight. We have Andre Ward in an interview that I taped last week coming up a little bit later that I'm very excited about. He was very interesting. Right now, our old friend, Cousin Sal, this is, we're hitting kind of a sweet spot for you. NFL is the sweetest of the sweet spots. I love it. It's great. This is the other sweet spot. NBA, NHL. Yeah. You don't have to force yourself to bet WNBA games and arena football and the pro ball. These these are actually live playoff games you have. Boxing, Cinco de Mayo's mm-hmm. coming up. Kentucky Derby. So uh, much. NFL futures are going to be posted. You're back. I'm back. I, you don't. You want to say this is your favorite time of year? I think it's blasphemous to, to include the time. Mid April. See, even so, that that's terrible. Because no football. You There's don't no like football. That. You can't say that. You can't say it. I like when that, when I can just fill all of these TVs with games. Right. Friday night, the Celtics and Bruins were playing in the playoffs, and the Red Sox were on. Mm-hmm. And there was another NBA and NHL game on. It was just magnificent. What's better than that? Yeah. Well, what's better is you can fill all these TVs and nine more on any football Sunday. That's <laughs> with bad <laughs> That's football better. games. Exactly. <laughs> could watch it Sam Bradford overthrow people on third and London. 11. Yeah. We might get but, some good quarterbacks in this draft. You and I are going to talk about NFL draft odds. Yeah. Because uh, why not gamble on the NFL draft? It's already one of the most fun events. Why can't we gamble on it? Vegas already, Vegas said, why not gamble either? You can now legally gamble on the NFL draft in Vegas. Isn't it great? This is the first year. In the casinos. Westgate, some other uh, sports books have it as, and you can legally gamble. They don't have all the props, but they have a good dozen or so props. I think you should be able to gamble on everything football, right? Wouldn't you you want to gamble on the uh, Leonard Fournette's Wonderlick score before he takes a test or... Or like uh, what before I, the schedule would comes be fun out? To gamble on. Yeah, what what or what somebody's the Sunday, forty? What the Sunday night games will be? 
Yeah, combine times for sure. But how about who's going to fail a drug test with a diluted sample? That would have been I a fun note event. Oh, I had him at 101. Unbelievable what goes on with these guys. Yeah, that would be good. So instead of being in the green room, it seems like one of these guys should just be in Vegas. Oh, yeah, you're like right. betting on themselves, like trying to make a name yeah, for right themselves. Yeah, right onto the board. Yeah, I'm going right to Vegas. <clears throat> That's interesting. take me. That's interesting. So the biggest thing that jumped out to me when I looked at these odds a week ago was Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. The over-under for what pick he would be drafted was 25, which seemed insane because like, he's Lombardi's favorite quarterback in the draft by far. There's been rumors of him going in the top 10. Why wouldn't we both be putting our mortgages? I mean, you've already bet your mortgage once this year. And I did, yeah. Once successfully. Yeah, how many times is that going to work out for right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Watson's 12 and a half now. You saw oh, him so at 25? moved 12 spots? Yeah, I, ne- I never it saw him It was 25 at 25. initially. Was Maybe it? it was a misprint. <clears throat> yeah, I saw him at 12 and a half. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm so I'm already Jesus. Uh, You're like Kiki Brown. But <laughs> thank you. That's a great compliment. <laughs> it, it's crazy that he's 12 and a half. Like Trubisky is supposed to go ahead of him. And now we're hearing reports this morning from the Browns that Trubisky, or not from the Browns, there's rumors that Trubisky is going to be their number one pick. And it How is that me, possible? It drives me crazy. Like Watson. Alabama has probably six defensive players are going to be drafted and three of them possibly in the first round. And Watson torched those guys the last two years, the last two bowl championship games. Yeah. Trubisky, what do we have? He was eight and five, eight and four. 13 starts, right? 13 starts. He lost. uh, I saw the bowl game against Stanford. He threw two picks. Playing the ACC wasn't great. Eight and four, you know, eight and four in there. Like, I don't get it. So he's poised. So he has nice completion percentage. He's good in the combine. Did well in the combine, yeah. But <laughs> good interview. And everyone says like he is absolutely the best quarterback. He should be taken first. But don't think of starting him. He needs to learn. He needs to sit and back and learn yeah. from freaking Brock Osweiler. But he's a project. Yeah, he's a project. <laughs> he's gonna learn from Brock Osweiler the first year. That's the guy you want. It's all working out for the Browns. And maybe Robert Griffin can come back and do some tutoring of <laughs> him too. Yeah. Yeah. Lombardi wrote a, a piece that I really liked for the Ringer a few <laughs> weeks ago about. Um, some of the indicators that people look at, it's not right or wrong, mm-hmm. but they're pretty good indicators. And one of them is just, did you start wherever you were? Did your team win? It seems basic, but yeah. with Watson, it's like he's in ninth grade. He's starting for his high school team. He gets to college. He immediately starts starting for them. And uh, and he won everywhere he went. And on the biggest stage possible, did well. We've seen guys who did well on the big stage who weren't good quarterbacks, but sure. this guy actually has... A lot of things you'd need, the intangibles, plus he performed. Yeah, what's not to like? I like if I'm a Jets fan, this is who I want. I'm like, let's go down. Let's go down with somebody that I actually have seen do it. Right. I think it's Watson or Bust. Yeah, I think I think he's the only one. Teams like the Browns and the Jets and probably even the 49ers are not going to do well this year. You might want to wait till next year anyway. Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, supposed to be better than Trubitsky. But if you are going to take a chance, I think Deshaun Watson's your guy. Right. Um, if you want somebody who can play soon, yeah, yeah. But if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm I'm ecstatic that the Browns don't want me. Like I, I can fall to the Texans, who have really one hole to fill, and that's quarterback. And you can be on a what pick are they? Really good team. Are they twenty six or something? He's not falling that far. No, they're not. They're not that number. Wait, hold why on. wouldn't the Jaguars take him? Hold on, I screwed that up already. The Texans? Well, they what can trade they? up. Oh no, they are. They're twenty five. Yeah. Yeah. But that. Yeah. So he'll go around twelve. Yeah. That would be great. Why wouldn't Jacksonville take him? Haven't we all watched Blake Bortles and bet against him and not had him on our fantasy team? And yeah, so Jacksonville—that's that's my best pick so far. Leonard Fournette over under is four. 
Mm. For a running back, that's way high. Like, of course, it worked out with Ezekiel Elliott, but there's so many more examples of where you and can wait. And that was crazy Jerry Jones. Sure. I mean, that wasn't a rational football team. Exactly. It just worked out. And it's the best offensive line of the decade, too, yeah. he's playing on. So, But Fournette's over-under is four. <clears throat> the over is minus 430. I jumped on it at minus 280. It's still crazy, crazy odds, but... I'm looking for a over, push. Well, to, well, to be clear, over means five, go six, after seven, four. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Under is a lower pick, but I don't see anyone taking Fournette before four. The Browns. Well, I guess you can't accuse them of doing. They're not taking a run. They're not going to take a run. That's not happening. Yeah. Uh, 49ers, same thing. No they, way. They need an edge rusher. Bears, I don't think so either. They, they're no looking way. secondary. So I'm looking at at least a push here for Jacksonville. But you're right. Why not? They could take a quarterback too here. They have so many needs. I just feel like every year we come out of the playoffs talking about how important quarterbacks are. Yeah. And unless you have one, your team just doesn't matter. Like Minnesota, who fell apart for a variety of reasons, but they just didn't have a good By the way, back in the, mix, good enough. back in the mix, they didn't, they're didn't. they not extending uh, Bridgewater. They're not pursuing I him. I saw that. That's football's brutal. But not not pursuing uh, Sam Bradford either, which is which is great because when he set that stupid record for pass completions, yeah, a completion percentage or whatever it was, they're all praising him, coaches ever and everyone. Like now they want nothing to do with him, so they're back in the mix too. There could what maybe pick is be, that? Uh, they could maybe be fourteen uh, four teams in the uh, first round. Minnesota. Well, Minnesota traded their pick, though. Yeah, they don't have a first round pick. Yeah, That's yeah, right. Yeah. They have Bradford. They traded so for they may poor have Bradford. Get, they, they may have, have to get Bradford. back in that first round. Yeah. yeah. Well, we see, we see it every year. You can't win without a good quarterback. You definitely can't win with a bad quarterback. That's mm-hmm. why this Kaepernick stuff makes me laugh. Right. They're like, oh, 16 TDs, four picks. Yeah. It's like... Uh, we all watched football last sure. year. Like nobody was ever like, "Oh, this Colin Kaepernick here yeah. goes." He's down I seven. Don't, don't count him out. Whoa, but, he's yeah. down twenty-one. <laughs> uh, you know, would you want him as your backup? Kaepernick? You have to come in and be, basically be Dak Prescott. I guess he he could do a facsimile of that, right? For Kaepernick to do that? Yeah, I'm trying to think of what situation would work for Kaepernick. Because the backup quarterback, you're supposed to be seen, not heard, right? You're supposed to be able to go in and, and do a reasonable impression of whoever the starter is. So that completely change the offense. Yeah. So who, so what team is that? I don't think so. I don't know. Like that. That's why like all this kneeling down and the anthem. Like I don't know they if don't it think matters. That matters. If you're not in the top 37 quarterbacks in the league. What does it really? Isn't matter? that the same reason Tebow didn't get a backup quarterback job because he couldn't have just gone in and yeah. replicated what the starter did exactly. on any team. He's still yeah. Tebow. And your fans will be screaming for him. And they'll yeah, just, it's annoying. Cut him off. It. Yeah, I don't know. But there's a lot of uh, there's All a right. lot of good stuff. For yeah, us, let's do I the odds. Let's do it. Um, so four nets, my biggest one. I like over four. I think that's at least a push. So if you push that, you just pay the vague and that's it. No, no, you don't pay anything. Oh, you just like and I'll take a push. Oh, that's at wonderful. This, at this point for me, yeah, I will take a gladly take a push. Um, McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey, yeah, eight and a half. They, everyone has him going to uh, Carolina. He's listed as a that running back. That seems too easy. Why does everybody know where he's going? The, I know. the NFL never works that way. Everything you hear is like, that's a perfect fit. What does Cam Newton need? He needs easy completions, and that's what he'll be in the slot. But other than that, where do you see Christian McCaffrey? Like on the Eagles or? That's a top 10 seems high for him. It's I tough. think he's going to be good too, but so what's you a might slot like, receiver you might like over? I over eight and a half. I'm with Lombardi. Lombardi had OJ Howard as the best guy. Really? And. As the best offensive guy, mm-hmm. that's and also eight and a half. 
Yeah, man. If you get a monster tight end, mm-hmm. would you rather have a monster tight end or a great slot receiver who could return? I think monster tight end. Yeah. I think that's the way. Monster yeah. tight end is, is you know, the Terrified Pats for that Gronk. brief second when they had Bennett and Gronk together, yeah. it was like, oh, my God, right. Right? nobody's ever stopping us. And right. then Gronk got hurt. But Yeah. I think it's a good a good spot. Now, this Are you okay with somebody being named OJ? It seems like after the OJ murders. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he's like 23. Like OJ Mayo, you'd be like, well, his name was OJ. You can't blame him. He was like nine when the murders happened. Well, wait, 23 was in 93, right? Well, he, the uh, murders happened in 94. So right. unless OJ Howard's like 25, oh, he man. was That's post either, OJ murder. That Either the parents are like, what the hell did we do? Depending <laughs> on the month know? it was born. Maybe or? they were like the jurors. Yeah. They didn't know what happened. <laughs> I had no what, idea. there was a murder? Where, That's when? interesting. Yeah, you don't think. OJ Anderson, OJ McDuffie. It's like, yeah, those guys are obviously so He's older, our first post-OJ OJ. Good for him. Yeah. Post-OJ way, way to knock the wall down, OJ. <laughs> <laughs> now, this draft, they say, isn't big on offensive linemen. Usually that's it. And that's boring, you know, when the yeah. three of the first five guys are from, like, Western Michigan. Yes. You've never heard of them. But So I think they might be taking more chances with running backs and quarterbacks. Um, will there be how many quarterbacks are there? Uh, three and a half quarterbacks in the draft. Um, so Mahomes, Mahomes has been moving up. Trubisky, Trubisky, Watson. There's three, Watson, and then Deshaun Kaiser is right at thirty-one and a half. Is that the guy who said he's the next Tom Brady? Yeah, I think he is. Right, or he's across between Tom Brady and who was the other one? Notre Dame. Yeah. I don't know what did he say. Keanu Reeves in the replacement, crossed with Tom Brady, crossed with. Lance Harbor. I think yeah, he just started naming everybody. sports movie quarterbacks. Yeah. And uh, Davis Webb, the Cal quarterback, is now moving up the ranks. So he could sneak into the first round. It's a strong I, name. I kind of, Davis Webb. Yeah, it's a good name. It I could see good. like uh, Davis Webb for a dollar at the end of the draft. There are, they, there are a ton of good names. There's, no, no, dra- no name is better than Mel Kuyper Jr., though. It really is. It really is. It's a terrific. It's, I'm a fat infatuated with Mel Kuyper Jr. I like that he's aging to a point that he now looks like he's wearing a Mel Kuyper Jr. mask the whole time, <laughs> but it's actually his head and body. There it's are great. odds at when his hair will be drafted and, and <laughs> taken in the draft. Like a third round, I think, is early. He's yeah. Out of my favorite juniors, he's four. Let's go over our favorite juniors. I put Sammy Davis in there. Are these legitimate juniors? Legitimate juniors. JFK Jr. is way oh, up there you for like me. Him. I love JFK so Jr. So you put him one? No, he's just way up there. I have Ken Sam- Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey. I have Sammy Davis, Donkey Kong. Uncle Junior. Uncle Junior of Sopranos is five. <laughs> Donkey Kong Jr. Donkey Kong Jr. and Junior Mintz. I have that. And Mel Kuyper. And Mel Kuyper's in there. <laughs> but there are so many juniors. Wow. That 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 should be a whole other podcast. Yeah, you're right. Us doing us doing the uh top hundred greatest juniors. Roy Jones. Um yeah. Uh mm. I don't know. Oh, Roy Jones Jr. is a great junior. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. I like the one when uh, I like when they do senior. That's been one of my favorite recent trends. What do you mean? Oh, when an yeah, athlete yeah. has like a three-year-old kid they named after themselves, and they put the senior on the Steve jersey. Smith did that. Great. Yeah, oh, great. it's so good. That's great. It's really good. Um, here's a good one. I like. Will the first place kicker be drafted in the NFL? Uh, in the NFL draft, rounds one through three is plus three hundred. Rounds four through seven minus four fifty. So after after the Tampa Bay guy last year, wouldn't they, everybody be terrified to do this? Everyone. Roberto Aguayo. Everyone had to learn their lesson. 
That's not Nolan makes enough about that. That's a huge. That that's terrible. one of the worst draft picks it in really recent is. memory. They traded back to take him at fifty nine. He went twenty two of thirty one field goal attempts. He was awful, and they were nine and seven. They missed the playoffs by one of those field goal misses. Just take a five nine nickel back like everybody else does yeah. in round two. Don't take a place kicker. Exactly, yeah. it's crazy. So Follow I think the crowd. I think we go rounds four through seven. I think people learn their lesson. Did you there. notice it's just quick football thing? Yeah. Did you notice the Pats stole the uh, Bills running back? They did. You didn't see that one? No. What? What, what do you mean? Gillespie? Oh, which one? The, the, the Mike Gillisley. Oh, they did. Right. I must have looked past it because it was in my the Pats subconscious. just cherry pick guys off the other AFC. It's not like we don't have a big enough advantage yeah. in the AFC East. Right. But every year we just grab. Like my nephew's laughing right now. <laughs> every year we just take like two like sneaky good guys from the guys yeah. the teams that we play, and and then they're better with us. It's got to be demoralizing, right? If you're a Bills fan, you're like, "Fuck, that guy's gonna be good for them." I don't like this. I don't like it at all. Don't trade with the. When Patriots. can we bet on the AFC East and the Pats? Probably in like two weeks. What? How high would the odds go for you to be scared off? So what? What? So it's funny. Last, we've had it at between minus two hundred and minus two fifty basically every year for the last four. Oh, I thought it was lower than that because remember, one year, both, yeah, one both year years, went way down. Well, even last year, Brady was out the first four. Well, that was that's when we wasn't it that's one, when we made our legendary bet. I know, but now the it's Pats gonna, and Hillary. Oh, good lord, we did. <laughs> that's <turn laughs> the out? greatest bet of all time that anyone ever lost. Uh, but we we, didn't lose we that. just got to throw that one in as soon as it's up. Yeah, I think it's gonna be. We're not gonna get a break here. I think it's gonna be minus four hundred. I something. would say yeah. I would say like minus four fifty, yeah. minus four sixty, something. like and that. And I'm still not convinced with these Browns. They find a way to screw it up. I think Belichick could trade Aaron Hernandez for the number one pick. Uh, I really do think. Like I don't know. I don't. Uh, how are they gonna screw this up? <laughs> it's terrible that they have all these all this control over the draft. The Browns and none of our friends work for them anymore, so we could speak freely about it. But it's like. It is does make it so much fun, right? It's they it's really the Coster movie. They have one and twelve. They have some random quarterback they like that nobody else likes. Yeah. It's yeah. great. They're all analytics, but the Mitch Trubisky's played like 12, 13 games. But they're all they're all in on the analytics. Yeah. Like these guys are some great thirteen games. I think the Browns are like uh like a, a homeless amputee in Newark, New Jersey that finds a ten thousand dollar casino chip from the win in Vegas. Is like well, they just don't know what to do. I, with it. I can't get, I can't cash this in. I'm gonna trade it in for a turkey sub club sandwich. Uh, you know, I think that's what. Just I, take Garrett one. They have you to have do twelve. It. You have all these other picks. Right. Move up to where you think you can get Watson or Trubisky, and you're done. Yeah. It's not rocket science. Watson Garrett's and Garrett's the best guy. Everyone says he's the best. Sure, and you watch the highlights. Take it's great. It's great. My fear as as a fan of the dominant AFC AFC force of this this century the mm-hmm. New England Patriots. Yes. <laughs> Tennessee's at 5. And they made a smart trade back last year where they picked up some stuff and it was a good trade. That's what you're worried about them. I'm worried about them moving backwards again and picking up all these picks from the Browns cuz the Browns are going to want to come out of the draft with Garrett and whatever quarterback just they want at 5. Right. And Tennessee's just stockpiling assets. It's they're now officially scary. And they need a wide receiver. They I need mean, a wide receiver. That that's what we always scared about. Move back to 12, take Mike Williams, right. like that that would scare me. That's and they get an extra first round pick. Yeah. I don't like that scenario. How about that? If if Mike Williams shores up that offense on Tennessee and then you have uh Deshaun Watson on Houston, all of a sudden that division is not laughable. Houston's not getting Deshaun Watson. No? They're getting the dude who they're thought he was Tom Brady and Lance Harbor. De- Deshaun Pfizer. Deshaun Kaiser. <laughs> Deshaun Kaiser. They're getting him. <laughs> All right. The next Tom Brady. <laughs>
Uh, let's see. Um, okay, so now these are some uh, more obscure ones, but you could still bet these. Jimmy Garoppolo, will he be traded on draft day? What do you think the odds are? Oh, he's not getting traded. What do you say? Minus 350? That's way higher. No, oh. no is minus 1,400. Oh. Yeah. yeah. He's not getting traded. That's the other thing the Browns did. Now, they've only signed Osweiler to free up trades to get Garoppolo, and that didn't work. Pats weren't trading him. No. They looked at it. They just they it's looked at the odds of Brady. He's 40 years have. old. Yeah. It's like, however great he is, he's still 40 years old. It's never, nobody's ever been successful at age 40 at quarterback. And Brissett's not worth, not rolling the dice with him, no? Maybe the Browns could go for him. I don't know. He didn't show quite enough in those, in the little auditions. I like him though. Yeah. Maybe they should offer him. Uh, So, um, Miles Garrett being the first pick is minus 850. Oh, that's, come on. Uh, but the first pick being of defensive players minus 750. I don't know how that works. Um, well, oh, I like this ridiculous. one. Will at least one team trade up to select one of the first top 10 uh, overall picks? Yes, minus 185. That's doable. So I that think. would be our Cleveland 12 scenario? Right. If they moved into the top 10. Moved into the top 10. Or anybody else. And it's happened eight of the last 10 years. I, I think Tennessee's trading that pick. You do? I think they're smart. I think they just tried to turn it. They do what Belichick would do if he had those picks. Belichick would always trade back if mm-hmm. he had five. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. If you want like a Christian McCaffrey or a Leonard Fournette or one of those quarterbacks early on, that's what you would do. It's pretty hard to trade up for a slot receiver. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Even if it said McCaffrey's son. Um, <laughs> what else do we have here? Uh, I don't know. We took over the, ger- ger- uh, the juniors. We went over that. Uh, How about will Cleveland fuck up the draft minus five hundred? <laughs> is that, is that a bet? There's no way they're not going to. Right? That should just be a bet. It should just be the Vegas <laughs> decides. We, they they just have to figure out what a fuck up. How is. they screw it up? Oh, what about Jerry Jones screws up and uh, drafts the Hooters waitress who's accompanying him in the war room? He accidentally writes her name down. Could Steven see that in the third up, round. Bring it to the. Do they still let him the near the draft? <laughs> I don't think so. He's in a hyperbolic chamber. Um, what else do we want to talk about? Mahomes is 22 and a half. Uh, he'll be right around there, I think. Mike Williams, McCaffrey. We looked on So what's your big bet? Fournette? I'm going Fournette. Okay. I'm going for the push over four. Uh, I go Watson. We'll get picked before the 12th pick. You like Watson? Yeah. All right. There's no way he falls past 12. Now, do we talk NBA? Yeah, let's talk NBA really quick. But well, first, a break. Quick break to talk about me undies. If you've been settling for store-bought underwear five-packs, I have something that will change your life for the better. My old friend, MeUndies. I actually, I swear in my kid's life, I wear MeUndies every day. They they came out with this certain underwear that's got like, it's like boxers, but they're loose and they're long. And it's just, I don't know. They speak to me. The MeUndies speak to me. They're made out of sustainably sourced micromodal, a fabric that is three times softer than cotton they're unbelievably comfortable so comfortable that my wife steals underwear from my drawer my drawers and wears them and complains that there's not enough me undies female underwear which i think they there are but they just haven't sent them to me so she's wearing mine i think it's fine uh it's the world's most comfortable underwear and right now you can save up to 33 percent off me undies with a monthly subscription select your style size and plan me undies will send you undies that they think will make you swoon every month. If you're not ready for that, you can still save 20% off your first pair. My listeners get 20% off their first pair 
plus free shipping, you only have to go to MeUndies.com slash BS. Find out why me and my boys are so happy. Once again, that's MeUndies.com slash BS. Back to Cousin Sal. Yeah, NBA. Uh, Golden State minus 250. We bet on them before the year that they would not win the title. What do we do? What do we do? I'm kill you. What do we do? We made two big bets. I actually made three. You couldn't make the third because you have a vote. But yeah, House yeah. and I have Harden for MVP, and we're going to lose, and we're going to be furious for all the reasons we you've had, been laying out. We had a whole text exchange a month ago yes. that the Westbrook train had rolled to the point that you had to hedge the bet, and, and we you guys did. rode the bet. We didn't do it. Yeah. And and I said, watch. Houston's going to win. And I swear. We'll check, check, that, check that chain. I'm like, what happens when Houston wins in five games against Oklahoma City and, and Westbrook takes all his shots? And that's it. Westbrook averaged 31 shots a game in that series. Look, he's a sports center MVP. Give him all the ESPYs in the world. He's not the MVP. It's just, it's not basketball. You got to make your teammates better right. in some way. You can't make all of them worse. They all can't be worse in game 87 than they were in game one. Yeah. And somehow all of them were worse except for like... You know, Jeremy Grant shot pretty well, but he was also wide open the entire series because right. nobody had to guard him because yeah. Westbrook was going one on three the whole time. I, I, to me, it's like I don't know why winning doesn't matter anymore, mm -hmm. and why what the eye test and performance, all this stuff. Ah, oh, Westbrook, well, I didn't have any help. Uh, have we looked at the last time a six seed, won, a player on a six seed won? Uh, no, it's it's not seen. in our lifetime, right? You're going back to 1982. That is Moses, awesome. 40 and 42. That was his record. So 1981-82, oh, really? where the NBA just was not on. Yeah. It was like barely on television. Right. They taped delayed the finals. Mm -hmm. They had like one national game a week, and nobody knew who to vote for, and they just looked up in the stats like, Moses is averaging 31 a game. I'll vote for him. Did he rip down the rim that year? Is that the only No, that was height? Dawkins. Oh, Dawkins. I'm yeah. sorry. Okay. All right. Uh, but yeah, Moses, if they, do that, if they do that vote over again with the numbers and stuff we have now, Bird would have won because the Celtics won like 60 games yeah. and he was good. So House and I are going to lose that bet. You and yeah. I squeaked out Boston over 52 and a half Incredible. Wins. We needed an amazing final week. They with, beat the Bucks second string. They were down 18 in the second quarter. And Cleveland yeah. needed to tank the one seed, and they really did. They sat, sat their players in like three of the last four games, Yep. And, uh, and Boston won. That was nice. The one we're struggling with, and God bless you, you you've written 17 books and definitive books on the NBA history. Yeah. And we bet every other team but Golden State. Yeah. To win the title. Well, I, I was going by history. I was, I was thinking that the history says when you make a dramatic change and add somebody of the Durant caliber to an existing team, it gets rocky for a year. Right. And history was wrong. But let's use your alien theory. Like if you drop someone on this earth and, and explain the 2016 season, it's like, well, Golden State was the best team. They won 73 games and they lost in the finals. Really, because Draymond Green got suspended for because he punched five. someone in the balls. He and punched Curry someone was hurt. nuts. Yeah. That was it. So they lost. Even though they were the best team, they lost in the finals, and they're pissed off. They have a chip on their shoulder, and they added the top one of the top five players. Let's take all the other teams. <laughs> right. Let's stay away from them <laughs> and take every other team, but the Golden State Warriors. It's got to work out. It was really a bet for Cleveland. I yeah. thought my my theory was that. Cleveland was going to go back to back and LeBron was going to cement the legacy and the whole mm -hmm. thing. Right. And still in play. All right. Even though they suck defensively, they still, well, when LeBron's surrounded by shooters, they're still really good. They can still 
shoot with the with the Warriors. Two games are gonna them. be they're gonna be down a lot earlier and they're just gonna have to give up that game, right? They're gonna be down eighteen. They're like, we can't play enough defense the to stay in these games. The problem is the Cavs are never in or out of a game. Yeah. And I say this on Twitter and then the Cavs fans get mad at me. But I, I think it's great. They're the most entertaining playoff team yeah. we have. Every game they're either rallying back from twenty or they're right. blowing a twenty point lead. It's That's the true. best. That's true. I really like I I've been enjoying their season. Now uh, aside from that, we're looking for a Warrior sweep. You think they could run the table the rest of the way? Um, I don't think they will. It's the first team since the 01 Lakers that mm-hmm. I feel like the conversation at least has to be had. Mm-hmm. How hard would it be? Like, I think they're going to sweep Utah or. What will the those Clips. odds be? Would that be a minus 150 or will we get odds on that? I think that would be to, to go 16 and 0. No, just the next series. Probably minus 200. Oh, really? Would be my guess. Wow. They'll jack it up. People like the Warriors. Imagine, has there been a minus 200 for a sweep in the in second, second round? round? Probably not. That Maybe it'll really be a little high. lower than that. That's really high. Um, 16 and 0, I would say the odds would be plus 850. Oh, wow. I don't know. It's really hard. Nobody's Could, done it. I know, but the over under's got to be two and a half losses the rest of the way, I think. Well, see, that's Three. a better bet. And that's what we should have been able to we'll bet before to the that. year. Every team should have, what's your over under for playoff losses? That's pretty good. You know, and yeah. like if, with the with the Thunder, you could have said, "Yeah, four, uh, I'll go under four and a half because I think they're going to be out in round mm-hmm. one, and you just do it that way." And then for like before the year, you go Knicks over on their playoff losses a half. <laughs> so what do you do? <laughs> that's a do good Do they one. make I like it, that. or are they going to lose twenty playoff? Yeah, games? yeah, yeah, that's or, good. You know, the uh, the words I would say the over under, I think three would have been fair. Mm-hmm. You figure they they lose one in round three and maybe two in round in the in in the finals. So then if you go under that, then they basically right have to only have two losses. Yeah. And again, it's like the O one Lakers. I think went fifteen and one. Mm-hmm. The only loss they had was that over that Iverson overtime game, game one of the finals when he stepped over Ty Lue when he went oh, off. Right, right, right. Yeah. That was the only game they lost all yeah. the playoffs. Right. The Warriors team might be as good as that team. For sure. So we're in trouble. We bet everyone else. We have everyone else. (laughs) Are there any? We we have one thing in our favor. What is it? And this makes me feel terrible. I don't feel good about this. Who'd have to get hurt? What? No, it's Steve Kerr. I I don't know if he's going to come back and they're going to have Mike Brown as their coach. Mike Brown is this guy that I never liked the job he did on the Cavs with LeBron. Mm -hmm. Then... He goes to the Lakers. That's a disaster. He ha- he puts the Princeton offense in. They fire him like five games in the season. Goes right. to the Cavs last a year. He's getting paid by three teams at the same time, I think. Yeah. And uh, and he's the coach. I like Steve Kerr a lot, but if Don, they're, they're if, coaching themselves right If now. Dave really Campo are. was coaching the Cowboys last year, would you have been frightened? Yeah, I think it's a little different, though. Okay. These guys are five, seven guys. They're in sync, and they, they know yeah, yeah. it's like coaching an all-star team at this point, I think. So could you coach the Warriors? I could coach them. It's somewhere between you and Mike Brown. At least 12 and a half wins. Mm. Um, is there any value in these? Bucks, Raptors, Raptors minus 600, uh, Bucks plus 425 for the series. I think the Raptors figured out the Bucks, unfortunately. All right. Grizzlies 10 to 1 odds. No. Nope. Let's stay away. Uh, Clippers are done. I mean, Utah, if you're gonna, Clippers plus 315. The Clippers are done. They're done. They, they died last night. So one of these game fives is going to lose, I think, tonight. 
home teams. I would say the Hawks Wizards. Hawks are plus one seventy. That's a to- to me. That's a toss up. Okay. I think those two teams are even. That's going to be a game seven. Right. And the odds in the game seven will probably be like Hawks minus one four or plus one forty in Washington, something in like game that. Game seven, right? Wizards will be like a four point favorite. Yeah, that'd be my that's guess. Smart. And then your Celtics, it's plus three eighty if you like the Bulls. And Rondo's coming back for game six. So we did before the playoffs. We did a Spurs cat. No, the Cavs, Celtics. Who's the third Wizards. team? Oh, <laughs> I forgot that Wizards were 13. Damn. We need to start figuring out again. And the Celtics were plus 230 going into game three. Yes. After the Rondo thing. And we had some texts about it. And the house is like, I want a hedge. And yeah. I was like, no, I don't trust this. And I'm just terrible. I'm just bad at this. <laughs> it was. It, I loved listening to you with Francesa because this was before Rondo announced the injury and they were down 2 nothing. And you didn't want to talk about the Celtics. And he didn't want to talk about the Knicks. And you guys forced each other. <laughs> he just kept bringing yeah. me back to the Celtics. The brutality. Let's talk about the Celtics one more time. <laughs> so good. Well, that's it. That's the NBA. That's it? How about NHL? Um, you don't like... You're now on this thing where my team got beat by Ottawa and Ottawa stinks. And we're going to take whoever's playing Ottawa. No, I just didn't think Ottawa was very good. It was a really banged up Bruins team, and they almost pulled that series out. I was not impressed. The one, so Edmonton is seven to one to mm-hmm. win the cup. I thought they, I watched at least two different stretches of two different games where they were just breathtaking. Right. Like they looked like the 81, 82 Oilers with the, the early, early Gretzky Oilers. Mm-hmm. And not that that's going to last, but I don't know, man. The, the, hit, the, the history of hockey with these transcendent guys in the early stages, they always do it like a couple years before you think they're going to do it. Right. And I wonder with McDavid if he makes it. This could be it. He's he's unbelievable. He's fun to watch. I mean, he's definitely the best new guy that's come in since Mario, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and they have a bunch of other good guys. But yeah, yeah. I think the Caps pins is... If, that, if that's how it plays out, that is going to be one of the funniest sports subplots. I don't... The Capitals are so beaten down, the fans, they're so beaten down by that mm-hmm. team and all the playoff history. Oh, yeah. And the Penguins have throttled them all these different times. And it's Poor just, Joe House. Uh, it could be a bad couple weeks for him coming up. We could, have Wiz, we could have Wiz Celtics, though. If they, if both, oh, yeah. If both teams can just two, win two more, our teams, we've never known each other. Really? We've had a Wiz Celtics wow. series. Yeah. That'd Hasn't be great. happened since 84. Oh, good. Yeah. Right, you're going to have to have him out for that. I'm going to fly. I'm probably flying back for that one. Really? Yeah. Nice. It'll be a good one. Yeah, the hockey, it's uh, round two, and Ducks are minus 130 over Oilers. Uh, Predators minus 135. Predators favored, 135 over the Blues. Caps, 135 over the Penguins, and Rangers minus 150. So close. Do they? Should they even put money odds no, on hockey not. series? It no. should just be, each one should just be a pick them. Exactly. A pick them, and you could bet if the game's going to go to overtime or not, and that's also a pick them. And most of them do. This, or some this, of them do. That first round almost set a record for overtime games. So yeah. the most fun series in round two is Edmonton versus Anaheim. Yeah. The Ducks seem to screw us every every turn, right? God, I hate the Ducks. <laughs> I'm 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 so violently on the Oilers bandwagon. Right. We might have to bet that just so I can even care more than I already did. Oh, I hate the Lord. Ducks. Right. Uh so is there gonna be a writer strike? I kind of feel there is. And I feel like there was a so ninety six percent came back with yes. That seems that seems definitive. Eight nine years ago was ninety percent was yes. Yeah. 
What's how do they? Uh, why would they report a low number? Are those numbers fixed? You can report the good number. Yeah, the Russians got involved in this. I hated the writer's strike ten years ago, but this now one seems a it. lot more. Nah, it seems a lot more defensible. It makes sense. Yeah, I think you strike when you have to, and in this case, the whole business model has changed, and the writers just it's not as right. beneficial for them it's clear well, there's no netflix the there was like a whole a whole medium not not around it was streaming back in 08 when we made the right. last contract so. there's no seven episode shows nothing yeah all that stuff so. i remember i lost a lot of money gambling during the writer's strike well that's what i was gonna ask you like <laughs> i wish you could bet on the writer's strike like over under 17 and a half days or will it happen like just to hedge because i'm Joe put this enjoy that what, one Joe, just what you shaking his head stand to lose a Joe's lot of in. cash here <laughs> well, that's what I was going to ask you because last time this happened, right? It was during football season, wasn't it? It was, uh, yeah. It started like Thanksgiving, uh, Halloween, and ended on Valentine's Day. So yeah, one because we days. were doing the podcast. I had the podcast by then. We were doing right. the podcast, uh, and uh, you were in a very dark place. The cl- was you the were like you were on weird football internet sites. Like <laughs> you, you went, you were so far into the football abyss because you had nothing else to do. It was so bad. You only had like one kid at that point too, right? Yeah, the second one, yet? I popped out the second one right as the strike ended. So right. I had to go right back to work when the baby was born. <laughs> See the later. wife was delighted. She was already uh, had See, it. See, one me. kid, you had a writer's strike. Yeah. And I football. It's crazy this time, time around, you got the two playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I, my guess is that it'll get solved pretty You think quickly. it will? Yeah, I do. All I right. do. I think last time it was... So it was so beneficial for Hollywood to kind of blow up the, the infrastructure. Right. This time around... They're about to have the upfronts. You really yeah. want to have a strike there in the upfronts? I mean, there's not going to be a ton of sympathy either for the Hollywood writers. I mean, so, yeah, it's like... We may have to live with our nannies. It could be terrible. Netflix, <laughs> Netflix is giving uh, all these people $20 million comedy yeah. specials, mm-hmm. and they're bragging about you know how they're going to spend a billion dollars on content and all right. this stuff. It's a pretty tough case. Yeah, I know. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah, I've, I kind of feel the opposite as I did last time. I think it's I think it's justified. All right, all right, Cuz. Uh, maybe maybe we'll maybe we'll have you more <laughs> in podcast form. Can you imagine on the ringer? Let's talk it's about a, that. Yeah, let's let's have a conversation off happens. the air about that. All right, all right. Leonard Fournette minus or what minus four thirty over over four over four minus four thirty. And Watson was what? Watson and is uh, twelve and a half. The over is plus one ten. Under is minus one twenty. I also think San Antonio. Can beat Houston, and mm-hmm. I think it's now a stay away for me. Oh, heading into the playoffs, I was like, I'm banging Houston. In, in I don't think Harden's been the same since he got hurt. Really, like with three weeks to go, he he didn't play well. Houston didn't play well in that series. OKC was terrible. I think OKC they were awful. Really screws you up in terms of predicting the next round. Like they they could, yeah. they could be really a lot worse than we thought. Yeah, and Houston, yeah. you know, one and four, but mm-hmm. one and five, but five. barely beat them. So. Yeah. You know, interesting. I don't think that's great. All right, Cuz, good job. Good by you. job by you. Before we get to Andre Ward, if you're wondering how to get the funding needed to run a small business today, Cabbage has the answer. Cabbage helps small business owners access simple, flexible funding right away without the headaches that come with applying for a traditional loan. Apply online or from your phone by securely linking your business information to get an automatic decision. No waiting in line, scanning documents, or tracking down financial statements. And once you are approved, You choose when to use your funds, how much to take. You'll only pay for the funds you actually use. Cabbage, that's cabbage with a K, Cabbage, has supported over 100,000 small businesses with $2.9 billion in funding. Wow. Visit cabbage.com slash BS 
if you listen to this podcast, and obviously you're listening, cabbage.com slash BS. There is no cost to apply or set up your line of credit. And guess what? As a BS podcast listener, when you qualify for funding, oh yeah, you'll get a $100 Visa gift card that you can use anywhere. But you have to go to cabbage.com slash BS. That is cabbage with a K, K-A-B-B-A-G-E dot com slash BS. And I should mention this Andre Ward interview that you're about to hear. When we taped it, Marshawn Lynch was not officially a Raider yet, and now he is. So when we talk about that, that's why it seems like we're wondering if it's going to happen. Because it's a taped interview. But it is still really good. And he has a big fight coming up with Kovalev. The sequel, we talk about that. We talk about Oakland. We talk about a whole bunch of stuff. Andre Ward coming up right now. Andre Ward, undefeated. Never lost. You've never lost, right? Never lost as a professional. My last loss was probably 14, 15 years ago. Amateur? I thought you were undefeated as an amateur. No, no, no. I'm about 115 and 5. Oh. It's just been a while. It's been a while. So 2002? <clears throat> How long? Uh, correction. 20 years. 20 years. I honestly don't keep track of stuff like that. Yeah, like so I, you were like a kid when you lost. I was a baby. And I, didn't, I, I still remember how I felt. It was... Who'd you lose to? Young man from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Yeah. Um, silver gloves. National tournament in the finals. What's the kid's name? Oh, yeah. John Revish. The taste of defeat is, is still in my mouth. Decision I, or, or it's a decision. Very close fight. You know, we call those fights back, you know, at, at that age... 11, 12 years old, 13 years old, smokers. They go so quick. The three <laughs> either one-minute round fights or three-minute-and-a-half yeah. round fights. So you're kind of just slugging it out, and it can go either way. So he won. He got me. But I had to fly all the way back from Kansas City back to Oakland, and I, I didn't like the way that felt. What, it, what, <clears throat> kind, what is youth boxing where people are flying from, from cross-country for fights? The biggest, I had no idea this happened. The biggest national tournament of the year was before you make it to golden gloves, which a lot of people are familiar with. Yeah. It was a silver gloves. Yeah. And, um, my, you know, only time, you know, during the year I get to see snow, obviously coming from the West coast and, uh, the best competition from around the world. And it's your yeah. opportunity to get this beautiful silver belt to, to, you know, kind of stake your claim as the best in that cat, in that age group in the nation. How old were you when you were like, I want to do this? I was 10 years old. Okay. <clears throat> my first love was baseball. You know, I was a pitcher and a shortstop. And my father, Frank Ward, he didn't tell me that he boxed. And then he started to kind of tell me about his rivalries. And, and how, I said, whoa, you boxed? He's like, yeah, you know, I just didn't tell you. I'm like, that's a big thing. Like, so as soon as he told me that, I wanted to, I wanted to fight. My dad had 15 amateur fights. He was a heavyweight. He was 15 and 0. And at that time, he had a boxing program or a boxing team at his high school hmm. in the 60s. So once he did that, I put baseball down and I picked up the sport of boxing. But you played a little football in high school too, I did. right? Yeah, yeah, I, I noticed did. that. I did. A little tailback, a little strong safety. Yeah, I mean, you're such a good athlete in the ring. I'm, I'm sure you could have done whatever sport you wanted. Yeah, I often wonder about it too because, you know, at the time when I was in high school, I was burnt out with boxing. Yeah. You know, I, I've been doing it. Like, I didn't have I had a good childhood, but I didn't have a normal childhood. You know, I didn't go home and drop the backpack and go outside. I had to do homework and then get ready to go to a boxing gym, you know. And my brother at that time, Jonathan, he boxed with me. And uh, that helped because boxing is a lonely sport. 
Yeah. You know, it's not the team sport. It's not the camaraderie. It's not all that stuff. It's no like lock- tennis, but you're getting hit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's a good comparison. And, you know, I just got to the point when I was a freshman in high school, I was like, I'm, I don't want to do it. And, you know, I started doing track, did a little track, ran the mile, ran the, you know, uh, four by four relay, those kind of things. Played a little football. Then it got to the point where I started getting getting a few looks for strong safety, but it was either, okay, going to my senior year. I, I totally would have guessed strong safety. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense to me. Yeah. So you were thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So I started getting a look from Oregon and Boise. Not a scholarship, but just a look. They let us know that we were, I was on their radar. So I either had to put on 25 pounds of muscle and commit fully or go back and try to make a run at the Olympics. And I was just starting to get the itch again because I had taken two years off. And um, I went back. And here we are. Oh, four, you won the gold? 2004, Athens, Greece. I won the gold. Uh, shocked a lot of people. I wasn't touted as being that guy. but um, And it really hadn't – I'd done a lot, you know, you know, in America. And I fought a few top countries in what we call dual meets, kind yeah. of one-offs. Uh, but, but I'd never won a world championship, a Pan-American championship, and certainly not had – had never been to the Olympics. So it was, uh, it was a first, and a lot of people didn't see it coming. And that, that seems to be a recurring theme for you, though. Because when you beat Kessler, he was favored. What was that, 09? Yeah. The show, that Showtime tournament that I thought was a great idea. And the problem yeah. was it was just too hard to keep guys yeah. in the tournament. Guys kept getting hurt, dropping yeah. out. Which is to be expected. I mean, in retrospect, it actually wasn't as bad as it seemed in the moment. Yeah. You know, you had a couple guys fall out, maybe two out of the six guys, which wasn't too crazy. In the moment, it seemed like the end of the world. It seemed like the tournament was never going to end. Yeah. But they replaced those two guys. The The tournament continued, and obviously it came to a crescendo uh, with me and, and a guy named Carl Froch from Nottingham, England. He's a badass. Yeah, he was good. And, um, you know, I was fortunate to beat him. I won the whole thing. And um, I may know, or may not have wagered on you in the Kessler fight. Say it again? I may or may not have wagered on you in the Kessler fight. <laughs> I may or may Because there was a little too much Kessler love. I wasn't totally buying it. Yeah. Froch was tough, though, because I, I was afraid of that guy. He's a good fighter. He's good. So that's the thing. Like, people think you got to discredit guys. Yeah. You know, to make yourself look. But, like, those guys are the real deal, you know? And you got to rise to the occasion to beat them. Like, if, if I wasn't on point, I wouldn't have beat them. Right. If I wasn't on point, I wouldn't have beat Kessler. What was your best performance against one of the top guys? Because you, you've, you've had probably, I would say, six or seven where you fought. Six or seven guys that were just, like, way, way up there when you fought them. You beat all of them. I'd probably Who, say... Probably say Kessler. Yeah. Because going into the tournament. You, you rigged know, that one, though. You had a hometown crowd. Yeah. But he asked for <laughs> it. smart. He asked for it. He thought he was in a sports movie. Yeah. I want to go there. <laughs> he asked for it. And that's the thing. Like He saw Rocky Four. He saw Rocky want to fight in Russia. He thought it was a good idea. He did. He did. And he, he, he overestimated or underestimated coming to the Bay Area and coming to Oakland. And, I mean, the guy had more knockouts. I'm talking about Mikhail Kessler. He had yeah. more knockouts. And I even had fights. Right. So there was no reason that he would think that this young kid with 17, 18 fights would pose a problem. So he said, yeah, I'll fight him. I'll fight him the first fight in the tournament. And I'll fight him in his hometown. And it didn't turn out too good. <laughs> I got my first world title. And I liked that performance the most because, like, that was a sink or swim moment. Yeah. Like, I, I had to show what I was made of. All the talk aside, all the potential aside, like, I had to show up. Or I was going to the back of the line, and that was a bad time. And you were in a brutal to division to too. That was one of the it's best tough. divisions. Like that, that 
168 pound division, which we call super middleweight. Yeah. That was like murderous row. It really, really what for yeah. like three, four years. Yeah, it was yeah, yeah. As, like, as but deep that's as why, it got. That's why I feel like the, the tournament was necessary. There's no way we would have fought that amount of good fights back to back without being forced to in the tournament. Like, I we, love the tournament. Plus, Gus Johnson was announcing at least a few yeah, of them. Yeah. And he was, I, Gus I, I is like my boy, him. Yeah. yeah, Gus gets excited. Yeah, Gus gets excited. I'm, this, I'm so mad that he doesn't do March Madness. <laughs> I feel like we, like the president needs to intervene or something and try to fix that. When uh, you fight, when you fight in front of, like you fought in front of your home crowd a bunch of times. Yep. It, like it would make sense to me, like in basketball, that the home crowd helps somebody, yeah. and you know, in baseball, people are making noise. They, they do it for both sides, and yeah. never know how much it helps. Football. I don't know how much it helps. Hockey, it definitely helps a little. How does it help in boxing when you're so trapped in the moment and you you just it's like this you're in this chess match with this other guy? Do you even hear the crowd? Yeah, you hear them. You kind of hear them fading in and fading out. You know, it's kind of weird. Like like being in a boxing ring can almost be like an out of body experience. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Like when they say it's time to walk, it's time to walk to the ring. Like. You got to really stay focused and and be very mindful that you're the guy that's performing. Like, you can't become a spectator. And it's easy to start to drift and be like, whoa, there's a lot of people here. Yeah. You got to remind yourself that, okay, hold on. They're here to see me. I got to stay focused and stay locked in, even more so at home. Yeah. And people, they always act like fighting at home is a given. But for me, it's actually probably more pressure. Leading up to the fight. Well, you got to worry about tickets for everybody, all you that got, stuff. You got cousins you didn't know you had. You got <laughs> aunts and uncles. And, and then the, the aunts and uncles and cousins you do have, they're coming out of the woodworks. You haven't talked to them in a long time. And, hey, you know, just getting ready to call you. That's pressure. Yeah. Then everybody expects you to perform. It's one thing for somebody to not believe you're going to do it and want to prove them wrong. That's one set of circumstances. But for people to expect you to do well, for expect you to put on for your city and, and, and do it at a high level, that's a lot of pressure. So the, the major benefit would be if you win after you win. It's just like that's the, the beautiful love thing. fest. Yeah. Now, once, if you get through all of that and you don't you know, allow yourself to get caught up to the point to where you do something stupid and, and you're too aggressive or you, know, you kind of get subdued in the moment and you don't perform, if you can kind of toe that line, it's the best feeling in the world. Yeah, you you hoist your belt up, the fans are going crazy, uh, you're on the ring roll. I mean, just everything is just the way you dreamed it. It's a perfect scenario post fight when you're. Fighting so you can't home. really like you 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 hit somebody, they're a little staggered, they fall back, and the crowd's like, ah! <laughs> you don't even hear that. You're just thinking like, I'm going, I'm getting nah, this you guy. You hear it, you hear it. And it okay. takes it takes discipline not to run in there and do something that you typically go crazy, wouldn't do. throw twenty punches. But it's pressure, but it it is an extra surge of, of juice and energy, man. You want to go out there and you want to you want to show out. So you know you got to entertain and give the people what they came to see, but you got to do it within the the confines that you normally do it in, if that makes sense. Do you wish fights were twelve rounds less or more? Well, they used to be fifteen. I know that's why I'm asking. By I'll the way, have, I'm I'm, I'm boxing since I'm forty seven. Yeah. Ali was like my first guy. Yes. Wild World of Sports seventy five. So I've been through everything. Then I then Sugar Ray Leonard was Golden my guy Irish, all the way yeah. through. And fifteen, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen was when a lot of these fights swung. Yeah. Leonard doesn't beat Hearns if it yeah. doesn't go fifteen. That's right. And now it's twelve. Yeah. And I feel like with Hagrid Leonard, actually, that was one of the first ones where I felt like, man, if this was fifteen, I don't think Leonard could beat him. Yeah. Like Leonard had trained for twelve. He was trying to steal rounds at the end. But, and he had been off, so and been it was smart off. for him. Yeah, he negotiated yeah. 12 rounds because he knew, like, look, I'm a little older. Yeah. I got this big layoff. 12 is probably all I need. 
But what do, what do you think is the right number of rounds to know who's better in a fight? I mean, there's a part of me as a competitor. And, and, you know, obviously I was a little younger during that era, but watching the older fights um, that you just talked about, like there's a part of me that wanted to be a part of that and yeah. would want to be a part of the that 15, 15 rounds just to, just to see how I would respond. Because I know, like, things get real in 10, 11, 12, much less 13, 14, and 15. But then... It's 2017, man. We have a lot more knowledge and understanding about, you know, our mental health, yeah. our physical health. Probably for my physical health, 12 rounds is enough. <laughs> well, that would be like three rounds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Kovalev fight, you got rocked. Mm -hmm. And then that fight's still going, that's still going, and, and we're so fearful of concussions and all these other sports, and yet with boxing, it's like, well, what can you do? That's boxing. It's the whole point is to hit the other guy in yeah. the head. Yeah. It's commonplace. I don't know. I don't know how we fix that, and I, I, I haven't really been able to fully reconcile it as a as a boxing fan. It's tough, you Because know? in football it bothers me, and in hockey it bothers yeah. me, and in boxing it doesn't. I don't know why. I mean, if you look at boxing, if you look at if you look at the NFL, uh, it's obviously a physical sport. It's a dangerous sport. It's a high collision sport. You know, you look at boxing. Obviously, our brains are not made to be hit yep. by other people repeatedly. You know, for 36 minutes, which a 12-round fight is. And then you have to count all the training and the preparation leading up to it. People don't realize that we actually spar, like, oh, yeah. live rounds. You can train your body to just take hits. Literally, like three days a week. And sometimes yeah. you go in there and you're not feeling the best. You're still tired from the day before. And you got to spar two, three. You got two, three hungry guys licking their chops. Yeah. Trying to make a name for themselves. So... Even the best of us who may be defensive and elusive, you're still taking punishment to some degree. I think part of the answer is just having an awareness and taking advantage of what is there. Like I have a hyperbaric chain, you know. I know smart what you know. My I mental would have state one, but is. I'm not an athlete. I would, yeah. I would. Yeah, everybody if, swears by it. If you can get it. one, you would, you should get one. Well, Kobe was like the first one, and that's when I knew something was up when Kobe got involved. Yeah, because he's Kobe not going to get something. five years yeah. ahead of everybody. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, I, so I, I did the research, and, and, I, and I made the investment, and that's what I feel it is. It's an investment for the here and now, but then obviously for my future. I mean, if I spar, and, and even though the technology is where it is in terms of knowledge of concussions and how to deal with concussions and mental health, boxing is still decades behind. Yeah. It's it's an old sport. So what we found out to be a, a mild concussion or or just a concussion, we say it's oh you got buzzed. Oh shake it off. So Well now, that's I mean that's part of what makes you great is when you get when certain guys get buzzed, they don't know what to do and that's yeah. it. But the the really good guys yeah. they know how to handle it, they'll yeah. they'll get in yeah. the clinch, they'll move around. Yeah. Leonard was great at that. I mean that the Leonard Hearns fight, Hearns was I think the the lost guy from that generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he never totally knew what to do when he got yeah, buzzed. Yeah, that was like he was his either going to get you or you were going to yeah, get yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, it was one or the other. But I, but just to finish up what I was saying, I think you know it's just like at thirty three, if I take a good shot in sparring, nobody will know. But I, I mark that on the on the board and say okay, and then I got to go through my paces. Yeah, you know I got to make sure that. I'm taking my brain for food, omegas, and different things like that that help. I got to sit in that hyperbed chamber. I may have to sit in there two hours tonight instead of an hour. Mm. Just things like that where like you, part of you doesn't want to acknowledge it. You just want to kind of sweep it under the rug. But I've got to be on top of this because nobody's going to be on top of it for me.
And and the beautiful thing is, is even though personally I have this knowledge, I don't feel like I'm reluctant. I don't feel like I'm shying away from contact. It's just that I'm a little bit wiser and a little bit smarter about, you know, the sport that I'm in and the, and the damage you can take. That's one of the things I respect about Floyd, who takes a lot of shit for his choices yeah. with fights and stuff. But Floyd's like the Floyd's been hit less than any great fighter ever. I feel like <laughs> I, I can't even remember ten times when he got tagged. Right. You don't have that same luxury because of your division. I mean, now you're now you're light heavyweight, but yeah. you just, it's just Floyd can do that at a lower division. I don't I don't think once you get bigger, it's just too hard. Well, I think you can. I just think me and him got slightly different styles. Like, but it's like, people wouldn't pay for it though. Yeah, well, if you're just gonna do do laps and, well, and jabs Floyd, and stuff, Floyd naturally work. is, uh, he boxes more than me. He moves more than me. I like the contact. You well, know, hey, newsflash: you're much more fun to pay for if I'm paying for a fight. <laughs> I didn't Floyd say that. You had, said Floyd, that. <laughs> I'll say it. You won't say it. Floyd, ninety percent of his fights, you say afterwards, yeah. uh yeah. He's amazing, but I kind of wish I didn't get that one. Well, I will say this in Floyd's defense. I think that Floyd gets a bad rap. Like, I understand what people are saying to a degree, and he's even admitted some things. He said, ah, oh, certain fights maybe weren't that exciting. But, like, for me, like, I appreciate the bruiser, but I appreciate a dude who literally can neutralize your strengths and take away your best assets. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah, I, I love it. I've him. seen him in person twice, and it was interesting. I went to the Canelo fight. And it was by the fourth round. It's like, yeah, yeah, Canelo could fight this guy 20 times yeah. and he will never beat Floyd. It's probably true. It would never happen. He's just yeah. too fast for him. And his little angles and, you know, all that stuff. I'm start, I got to say, I'm starting to feel that way about Lomachenko. Mm. I, I, Lomachenko is from every angle. Yeah. He's so fast. Yeah. and uh, Good fight. I, I don't, yeah, and I, I don't know, you know, the guy he fought on Saturday never Salsa. had a chance. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I... And, I don't. I think he's gonna have trouble getting fights. Mm. I'm sure he'll fight anybody, but mm. I, you know, you go yeah. in that, you look bad. Then what happens? Yeah, guys know. Like guys know instinctively. They can say whatever they want to the press. They can say whatever they want on their social media. But guys know if that guy's gonna give me trouble. And there, and there's plenty of ways to shy away from a big fight if you don't want it. Right. And so he's he's like guys got to really count the cost when they fight top level guys and guy like Lomachenko being one. Like do I really want to? Is this extra hundred thousand or hundred and fifty thousand really worth right. what I'm getting ready to go through? And uh, he's that good. That was Hagler was like that when I was growing up. Mm. There was this four year stretch when nobody would fight him. And then you when, know it's gonna be a long night. Then they fixed the time he did win the he did yeah. he fought Antifuermo, whatever yeah. his name was. Yeah. It turned out to be like a draw. It was yeah, a joke. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then he goes to England, he finally wins the title, they throw bottles at him. I love Hagler. Yeah. It was, uh, it was never a fully got his just due. No, nah. you know, workman like fighter. You know when you're gonna fight him. Bring your lunch pail. It's just one of those types of nights, and it's tough, you know. And it's interesting because, if I'm not mistaken, after the the Ray Leonard fight, he never fought again. No, he went to Italy. Like never fought again. He was so mad that he didn't get the decision, and he's still bitter about it. You can oh, see he's a hundred percent still mad. You can see Don't interviews. As, I've seen people bring up interviews. This whole countenance changes, and it's like, whoa! Like this dude is still not okay with this. Well, because he knew Leonard was never going to fight him again either. I it's to me that's the most polarizing fight of all time. Although yeah. the one you had with Kovalev has turned yeah. into a pretty polarizing too. With yeah. some people are just like, Hagler won. Yeah. Give me a break. Leonard did not do enough. Yeah. You got to take the title to be the champ. All that stuff. And then I watched. I just feel like Hagler was off the whole fight. Mm. He was always off balance. He was Leonard was always he was always fighting whoever Leonard wanted to do, and then Leonard was, was coming in and stealing rounds. And I just didn't think Hagler did enough. 
It was a showmanship. It was. He won the crowd, sense of the moment. He won the judges. Yep. It was like you're in fear the whole time. It's like, oh, God, yep. he's going to get killed. <laughs> yeah. But but, this, but because of that, you were also rooting for him. Like when they did Legendary Nights, HBO. I mean, I, great show. Love it. I think it was yeah. like 30 minutes. And it's like I've watched it 100 times. And every time I watch it, I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat. The stars and the A-list celebrities were like, pull, they respected Hagler. But they're pulling for Ray. Like, Ray, we don't want you to get killed. We love you. And then it was like, Ray's in it. He's, he, yeah. he might win this. And then, like, all of that stuff plays into the minds of the judges. You and know? Ray was smart. He waited for Hagler until after the Mugabe yes. fight. Mugabe and, and Hagler beat the crap out of each other. Ray's like, okay, now I'm ready to fight him. I feel like uh, Canelo's doing that with Triple G a little bit. Mm. Triple D, he's now 37. This last fight he had Is he was that the, old? Yeah, he's 37. Or no, he's 34. I'm sorry. He's getting up 34. there. 34. Yeah. 34 that allegedly. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. But uh, his last fight, he didn't look that great. And if I'm Canelo, I'm like, ah, wait one yeah. more year. It'll be right. 35. When, but, you're, when you're in the driver's seat and you got a name, like yeah. in Ray Leonard's case, he knew that he could just make a phone call and, you know, he could get right back in the mix. Same thing with Canelo. He's got a country behind him. He's paid his dues. And he knows that. Yeah, you got some buzz, but you really need me if you want that mega fight. It's smart. It's chess. It's smart. You know, Canelo, he, the, the Canelo-Chavez fight is a smart one. Yeah. Cinco de Mayo, two Mexican fighters. Huge fight for Mexico. It'll be great. Yeah. That's a great, and then that'll take him, he buys himself more time, and then Triple G will still be sitting there. The yeah. Kovalev fight after that first one, which I want to talk about, was there, was there a rematch clause? Yeah, there's a rematch clause. Okay. But there, there didn't need to be. Like, you wanted him again. I, th- what other fight am I going to take? There's no other fight that interests me that I can think of. There's no other light heavyweight. You're talking about financially or competitively? Competitively. Yeah. Like, I got a track record, you know, and I'm not saying I'm the toughest guy on the block or anything like that, but, like, I have a track record where we've consistently fought the best since I've turned professional. Of course, there's, you know, there's places for tune-up fights, guys that, you know, are top contenders, maybe not championship caliber, but... Once we have our tune-ups, we always kind of look for the best to give the fans the matchups that they're asking for, but then also to continue to, you know, cement a legacy. My legacy is important to me. So um, once I made up my mind that, okay, you know, I want to fight again, uh, a rematch with him was just academic. Can I tell you what I thought as a, as a big boxing fan who mm-hmm. followed your career? I didn't think you were going to take another big fight. Like when, After, you, when you had those layoffs. Yeah. And I don't know, it was like 2012, you beat Dawson. Mm-hmm. And then you didn't fight for like another 14 months. You got hurt in the Dawson fight or after? What was the injury mm-hmm. after Dawson? It was a combination of injury. Yeah. And we fought a lawsuit. And then we fought. So right, it was right. like, should have had four to six fights in two years. And I had two. Right. So just so you, off and you on, stop like, and go. Yeah, you fought like one fight in like two and a half years, maybe? Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. I hit a at that point, I was just thinking, like, I was just trying to put myself in your shoes. Because I think one of the things that, that really kills boxers is mm-hmm. that the training and just the grind. And it's like, you know, basketball players aren't any different. I remember yeah. Nash, when he was near the end, Steve Nash, yeah. we were doing the finish line with him for Grantland. And we were talking about, you know, it's not that he couldn't play. Mm. It was that his body was breaking down, but it was also the process to get to yes. stay in shape. And when we would talk about Dirk and be like, how long is Dirk going to play? And he'd be like, Dirk could play till he's 50, shooting threes, <laughs> corner threes. If so he'd be like, just put him in the corner, he'd be yeah. fine. It would be the, a question of whether he wants to put in the work in mm-hmm. July, August, September, October. And as you said with boxing, it's the loneliest yeah. sport. 
you're yeah. always on yourself to try to train. Yep. So I thought watching from afar, I was like, oh man, I, don't, I, yeah. I think he's done. Yeah. But then you came back. Yeah. But did you think, were you close to being done? Yeah, I was close to being done. Yeah. I mean, I had written a retirement speech. Yeah. That I saved on my phone and, you know, one day when the biography comes out, you know, we'll put it in there. But, it's, you know, it's raw emotions. I think it was in 14, 2014. I was up late one night or early one morning. And, um, you know, I just wanted to leave on my terms. It wasn't that the desire wasn't there. I actually had more desire than I ever had had because I was, you know, not able to fight against my will. Yeah. Um, so the desire was there. Just I wasn't able to. And I, and I didn't want to go out on anyone else's terms. I felt like I had given too much of my childhood, too much of my life, too much sacrifice to just allow somebody to kind of stamp me out the game. If I'm going to be out of the game, I want to do it on my own terms. And, and thankfully, man, by the grace of God, I got through that season, uh, learned a lot. Uh, it was a necessary fight. I don't regret it. I needed to go through that. And I came out better on the other side. Let's take a quick break to talk about Sonos. If you want to experience TV, music, movies, and music with sound you can feel, from a speaker you'll hardly notice? Well, guess what? Playbase from Sonos gives you just that. Its low-profile design practically disappears beneath your TV, and yet it fills your entire viewing room with epic home theater audio. I just want to say that for years and years, we'd never really figured out home theater audio, and I fell down that road. I know some friends that did. Never totally satisfied. Things would break right away. They've now mastered it. Check out Sonos, movies, sports, TV shows, gaming, whatever you got. The slim, low-profile play bass adds dynamic, pulse-pounding sound to what's ever playing on your TV. It even streams your favorite music when it's off. It was created for TVs that sit on stands and furniture. No wall mount required. One power cord, one optical cord is all it takes. I love easy setup stuff. The Sonos app guides you through every step of the setup. Playbase securely supports TVs up to 75 pounds, which covers just about any TV that comes with its own stand, and it works with almost all TV cable box universal remotes. The remotes you have are all you need. Everything sounds better on Playbase. See for yourself. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. That's Sonos.com. I should mention, I did... Uh, I showed a picture of my setup in my office on Friday when I had the Celtics, Red Sox, and Bruins games all going on at the same time. And a couple of people got mad that I had the wires exposed. Like I'm some sort of rookie. My ne my nephew's looking at me, Kyle. Like I'm some sort of rookie, some amateur that doesn't know that you don't leave the wires exposed. The problem is we're renting an office here in our building and I can't put the wires into the wall because I can't really mess up the walls. So I'm well aware of the whole wire thing. I don't want you guys to think that I would ever take something like hiding the wires. Not seriously. Please don't think that. I've been hiding wires since people even didn't even know you could hide wires. I'm like one of the original wire hiders. That's it. That's all I had to say about that. And good thing about Sonos, you don't have to hide the wires on Sonos. Just put it, put it, this playback, this play base thing. Um, you just put it under your TV and there you go. Playbase from Sonos. Check it out, Sonos.com. All right, here's Andre Ward. Do you think that if you had had somebody, look, let's say Floyd's 25, 30 pounds heavier, and you have somebody to measure yourself against, you know, like the bird, basically the bird and magic corollary of those two guys are just constantly measuring themselves against each other. And now I think you're seeing it happen in the NBA too. Like Curry gets all this attention. What Durant goes to Golden State, Westbrook's like, nah, I want to be in Harden's over there. And all these guys are making each other better. 
when you don't have somebody like that, especially as a boxer, do you kind of lose interest a little bit? Not really for me because I feel like my, my path has been unique. You know, I feel like, you know, nothing was ever given to me or my team. You know, I feel like, um, you know, we, had, we, we didn't get any handouts. Yeah. Even coming in through the front doors, what we like to call it, when you got a gold medal and an amateur pedigree, you know, it was always a question mark. Well, is he tough enough? You know, does he have a chin? Is he going to make it? So I've never had a lack of, of motivation ever. You know, even, you know, during my highest moments, you know, those asterisks and those question marks have always motivated me. So I've never gotten complacent in the game. You know, even during the lean seasons when, you know, wasn't much going on, you know, I seem to always have something to fight for. Yeah. All right, Kovalev, how many times have you watched it? I haven't watched it. Really? Not once? And it's driving my wife crazy. It's driving my coach crazy. Just, I'm not interested in watching it right now. I mean, I got eight to ten weeks to watch it. I was there. Like, I know what happened. How much do you remember from it, though? Everything. Okay. I mean, I'm sure once I pop it in, when I pop it in, we're not doing VHSs anymore, but... Once we turn it on, like, I'll see certain things, like, ah, you know, and studying it, knowing what happened because I fought, and then actually studying it as two different things. But I got plenty of time to do that. I'm not saying this because you were here, because you're here, because I actually said it on the podcast, whatever podcast I did after the fight. I thought it was kind of a genius performance by you, mm-hmm. because you kind of solved Kovalev as the fight went along. And I don't know, his conditioning is the one thing I don't know about whether... He started to fade a tiny bit as it went along, but I think he, we got an answer for that. His latest thing the rematch, was, yeah. Oh. Well, the latest the latest reason for the the fading was he trained too hard. Yeah, he said he was overtrained. He said he was dead basically mm. thirty days out, just couldn't tell anyone, and uh, that was the reason. So now he's going back to his old regime, which is less work. I don't believe that. And he's supposed to. <laughs> I believe he thought he was going to knock you out in the first yeah. five rounds yeah. and emptied his tank. Yeah. And you waited him out. But I thought, you know, one of the reasons I've enjoyed watching you is, you, as I said, you kind of solved the dude as it goes along. You, you just kind of started moving closer. And you got a little closer and you got in and you, 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 you almost neutralized his punchy power by being six inches closer to him than he wanted you. How, how do you do that as it's going on? Is it all instinct? Like, I don't understand how your brain goes when that's going on. Well... It's great coaching, number one. It's weird because... So it's a cornerman telling you that? It's my coach, yeah, which yeah. is... He's my godfather, so he knows me. Um, it's weird as athletes, though, because you would think, like, dude, you've been doing this most of your life. Why do you need him to remind you in the biggest moment to do the simplest thing? But you're dealing with the lights, the pressure, emotions, a lot of things. And sometimes he needs to grab you and say, look, do this. Do what we train to do. And that's what he did. Yeah. He didn't panic. He had a sense of urgency. He said, listen, man, Ali's been down. Sugar Ray Leonard's been down. Robinson's been down. And they all battled back. Now's your opportunity. So when he said that, I was like, whoa, this is it. This is what I dreamed of. And I knew that mid-range and in close, Kovalev has no answers. If he did, he had 10 rounds to show that he had, a, had an adjustment and he couldn't make it. So I'm sure he's going to go back to the drawing board and try to make some adjustments. But he is who he is. And at 33 years old or 34, however old he is, he's not changing. Well, he's a wrecking ball. I mean, it's they, I, I think he'll be the same guy he was in that first fight. I don't know if he can adjust. I don't know if there's a plan B for him. Whereas for you, you figured out as it went along. I, I don't know what his... It, this is why I love this. Because it's like you rarely get the rematch so soon. Yeah. I don't know what his chess move is to counter your chess move. Yeah. 
Like in the Rocky movies, Rocky had, you know, he had a chess move every time, right? He is, he's a little lighter in Rocky 2, Rocky 3, he goes back to the gym. But like, I don't, I don't know if Kovalev's a plan B kind of guy. I think he is who he is. I think he's just, he's probably just thinking I'm going to get him this time. I think he is who he is. And I think that who he is has always been enough. And it wasn't enough the first time. And, you know, he's not taking ownership of it. So that's like, like, you know, 101. If you're going to change and get better, even myself, like I got to go watch that film and I got to be honest with myself about where he was successful, why he was successful and what I wasn't doing. I can't blame Virgil, my coach. I can't blame the training camp. We can always tweak things, but I got to be honest. And, and that's how I'm going to get better and improve. And I just don't think he's doing that. And I think the arrogance that he shows and, and the way he carries himself is going to be his downfall in this rematch. There's not a lot of love lost. I love when people say that in sports, but it really does seem like you guys don't like each other, which I enjoy. I mean, I think it's real. You know, I think, I think, I mean, I don't hate the guy. Like, that's too far for me. He may hate me, but I don't, you know, it's not that serious. You know, at the end of the day, I want this man to go home to his family, get his check and enjoy his life. And I want to do the same. Well, we got business to handle. You might hate him in 10 weeks as we get close. Strong dislike. Strong dislike. A a loathing. Yeah. (laughs) I'll take that. I just, I, listen, I don't, I got a thing with bullies, man. Yeah. I got a thing with bullies. I just do. You know, I don't appreciate it. I don't like it. You know, and I feel like I've seen too many of them in my career and life. And, you know, I actually, I relish the moment to face them. I forgot to thank you because I won money in that fight. Really? Me and uh, Cousin Sal, we parlayed hey. you. What, when was that fight? What month was it? November. We, I think we parlayed you with a football team. Really? We like doing these boxing. Yeah, we parlayed you with somebody. It's funny. And, people uh, like look I, was, at me. I gotta be. I gotta be honest. I was nervous after like round four. I, a lot of people were. <laughs> I, we came back to the locker room after the fight, and I looked at my family. I said, "Were you guys nervous?" And they were like, yeah. "Oh my god, never do that again." Yeah. And, I, and they were like, "Boxing is serious." It's like I've been telling you guys. <laughs> like, but it, they never seen me knocked down before. Right. So it took that kind of moment for them to kind of see. But um, I learned a lot about myself. And I knew I was tough. I knew I had the grit and determination. But, you know, I thank God, man, because, you know, I feel like he lifted me off that canvas and gave me that drive to go do what I did. And in uh, that moment, when you get hit in the mouth, especially early, you're either going to pack it in and, and try to survive um, or you're going to try to go get it back. And I It's a polarizing decision. I, I watched it live, and I thought it was six rounds to six. Mm-hmm. I watched it a second time. I can't remember what round it was, but it was like I did either six six. I was trying to talk myself into a seventh round for you, but it was like it was tight. It was tight. That was a really hard thing to score. But I do feel like sometimes you got to watch this stuff and just see big picture, mm. start to finish, mm. and it kind of falls in your head versus yeah. going round by round. Yeah. And I just felt like you finished the fight better than he yeah. did the last the last half of it. I, I don't mean, know what that means. I mean, I saw. I mean, I, and that's the thing. Like, I've never disputed that it was close. You know, it's a close fight. And and I take ownership of that. Like, I, I in my mind, okay, it shouldn't have been that close. In my mind, even though I was a challenger, I could easily say, well, I did better than you guys thought I was going to do. But the bar is even higher than that. Even though I was a challenger, like, I expect to do better. And and that's what I got to go back to the drawing board to do. What were you thinking when they are reading the cards? Do you think you won? Were you like, I hope I won? No, deep down, I felt I won, but you never know in boxing. Yeah. You never know until they say your name. And uh, but I saw the the scorecards, eventually, and the twelfth round sealed it. If I would have lost that round, 
I would have lost on two of the three judges' scorecards, and I yeah. would have lost a split decision or and a majority here's, here's decision. Here's the thing, Kovalev. You're, you're fighting in America. You might want to win the 12th round. I just, mean, just, just some friendly advice. That's some friendly advice, but then even take the America piece out of it. Like, this is the biggest fight of your life. Yeah. Leave it all on the table. Good training camp, bad training camp. I think he shot his wad in the first you five show rounds. Up. I really do. Show I think up. he thought he was going to knock you out in the first five. He's like, he's not making the sixth. Yep. So this time he'll probably be a little more, he'll, he'll bring it out. So well, the you, only problem with that is, is we're not going to let him. We want to we want to pick up where we left off. Okay. I mean, in I, my I'm, mind, it's going to be a situation. You don't have to convince me. I'm going to bet on you again. Oh, no, seriously. Like, it's going to be me or you. Yeah. I hope it's not me. <laughs> you definitely it's be It's going to be him or I. Yeah, yeah. Him being Kovalev. Yeah. Is this, a, is this Vegas? Vegas, Mandalay Bay. You didn't think about doing it in the Bay? They wouldn't go for that. It'd be pretty cool. He was complaining though. about fighting in America. The Bay, no way I could have like, got him to the Bay to area. The Bay. That guy, oh, my God. He's doing so much crying now that it's in America. I mean, I couldn't. I mean, it's no way we would have got him to the Bay. Where do you rank in the uh, in the beloved Oakland athlete scale right now? I know Marshawn oh Lynch goodness. is one, two, and three, and then it's everybody else. I just I'm glad to be in the discussion, man. All those dudes are my homies. Cool. So who is it? Who's who's like the inner circle? Oakland um, celebrity inner circle. I mean, I'm I'm cool with a lot of guys. I mean, you know, we got a lot of homegrown guys too. I mean, not homegrown, but you know, like transplants guys like Steph. And I'm not counting KD. the transplants. You talking about the. I mean, I'm talking about the OGs. Probably two of my closest guys are Marshawn and, and Damian Lillard, guys that I talk to on a regular basis. Damn. And Dame is a huge boxing fan. Like as soon as he found out about the fight, like, dude, is is that the date? I'm there, because he missed the last one because they were in the middle of the season. Right. He's probably mad you had Curry lead you out for that one, <laughs> one fight. He wouldn't say. Did it, he text though. you? Nah, he didn't text me. About it. He's a good dude. But I know they they battle. Four or five times a so year. So if Beastmo comes back to the Raiders, which it seems like it might happen. I hope it does. That'd be incredible. I, I like, we have a, Mike Lombardi works for us in the ring. He's a big football guy. He thinks that the Raiders should bring Marshawn back, but not play him until late October. Oh my and goodness. use him as a closer. Just you like last <laughs> 10 weeks. Don't play, don't go 20 weeks with them. Just go like 11. Then bring in the bruiser down bring the stretch in the bruiser when everybody's when beat it's up. getting cold. Tired. That's a good move, right? <laughs> it kind of is. Pay him in Skittles. Him. But he's probably got to knock off a little rest too. <laughs> yeah, I'm not worried about Marshawn. I'm still, I'm a huge Patriot fan. Mm. Like once a day, I thank God that they didn't hand off to him again on second down. I'm still that was a, That's an extra Super Bowl ring for us. Like I don't, I don't get that. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. <laughs> You know it's a good idea? Not giving it to the guy who is going to get at least a yard every the single time. The guy who's known for... He yeah. had two shots, I think. So Marshawn, Dame Lillard. Who else? Who else? Gary Payton. Man, I've not, I have OG, OG? I haven't hooked up with, with Gary, but I want to. Like, we know mutual people, and he'll send word through people. Hey, man, tell Dre. He's been to some fights, but I've never met Gary Payton. KD, Draymond, Steph for the transplants. Clay? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. KD. Uh, KD's bought in. KD loves the Bay. Man, KD is. KD went from Oklahoma City to the Bay. He loves it. I mean, think about that. He's just doing laps outside he's his house with his arms right up. Now, man. He loves it. I don't think he's it. upset. He he's uh he's doing his thing. He's doing yeah. his thing, and he he's a huge boxing fan too. Like he and I hooked up randomly one night. This was like during the time when I wasn't fighting and stuff. So this was like a good shot in the arm. Just checked my DM one night and I was like. Kevin Durant, like, 
we knew mutual people once again. We had never met or talked. And he just had this like paragraph, like, dude, like, look, man, I rock with you. You're my favorite fighter. I appreciate what you do in the ring, but outside of the ring, blah, blah. I was like, man, this is crazy. And then we connected, man. We exchanged numbers, and the rest is history. He's a like big time superstar of a regular dude. Maybe the Warriors can do what the Mavs did with Tony Romo. <laughs> Put a jersey on you and just kind of try you out for one game. game or yeah. something, man. You know, one three. Yeah, let me go with the second unit, third unit. There's a lot of, with boxing, it seems like basketball players and rappers are the two people that seem to always be trickled around in the stands. I'm sure you've heard from a lot of different ones, right? Barkley's like the biggest boxing fan yeah. on the planet. Yeah, it's a lot of big boxing fans from every industry. It's weird. Yeah. But you know, something about seeing two guys, you know, it's not a team sport, obviously. Yeah. But two guys in front of the whole world, like just going mano y mano to see who's the best. Like, I just think that intrigues people. It's still the best when you're when you're there. The atmosphere is amazing. like, touch hands yeah. and you go back yeah. and that sound, yeah. it's yeah. still, it's you, it's amazing. I've, I mean, obviously, it's, you know, somewhat of a biased statement, but I've been to all sorts of sporting events at the highest level. There's nothing quite like boxing. The only thing I can compare it to that I've seen personally, I've, I've and I've been lucky enough to go to a lot of great stuff, is a great basketball game has the same kind of vibe mm. when it's playoffs. like a game seven. Yeah, playoffs. And it's like everybody everybody does the thing. They're yeah. about to. Uh, I just spilled coffee. It's all myself. good. This is it's a touch card though. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, game seven, it's that same vibe where it's yeah. like, all right, yeah, it's in. The crowd's into it. Yeah, you feel the tension. Yeah, playoff basketball is definitely different. Yeah, you know. Playoff is like that too, but it's like these guys are skating around with helmets on. It's hard. <laughs> you don't really feel a connection. I've actually never been to a to a to a hockey game ever. So, yeah the the one the one recurring narrative with you is that you always feel like you're you don't get enough respect from the media and all that it's stuff. It's not true. I know. That's, right. I know. I, know I had a, to ask. No, I know a guy just recently put that out. Just recently, over the last couple of days, but if people really actually listen to what I what I say, like, yeah. It's not one time that I demanded respect. Nobody owes me anything. I'm asked about it. Like, do you think you get enough respect? And my response is, is I get enough respect. I get respect from the right people. I've never, that I can remember, especially recently, maybe, you know, I was a little younger. It's not in me to demand anything. Nobody owes me anything. Hmm. I know what I've accomplished. You know, I feel like I kind of know where I am in, in terms of boxing history. Um... I don't demand respect. That that's a that's a narrative that Kovalev's team brought up at the press conference today, and I'm we're just looking at him like, what? Like, where'd you guys get that? Do you get along with Max Kellerman? Do I? Max Kellerman. Yeah, me and Max are cool. All right, good. That's that's I I respect his opinion because I think he's seen every fight ever, all the fights, whatever fight happened. I think yeah, he's seen it. Boxing over the last encyclopedia. Year. He really is. Yeah. It's like, just flow out. It's kind of like, crazy. Fast he's like talker. a savant. Yeah. yeah, I always feel like. I mean, I'm on the high end of boxing fans, but I'm not like the crazy mm. message board boxing fans. But I, I have a good sense of all the major stuff that happened. No, Max is at like 900 other levels yeah. than I am. But I can see that talking to you. Yeah. Like, I, like you I, know if I somebody. Pay attention. You know if somebody's just kind of doing some superficial research and you know if it's something that somebody really loves and appreciates. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's a place for that. Everybody's not a boxing fan, but it's just, it's refreshing to see that you know your stuff. Well, I remember. So I went, I did two, this is going way back, but I did two closed circuits. Mm. Uh, yeah. Leonard Hearns, Boston Garden. Yeah. And everybody was rooting for Hearns and people were, I don't know why, really? I don't know whether they bet on him. Yeah. It was like 75, 25. I was so upset. And then the other one was Leonard Duran won. Mm. 
which almost brought me to tears mm-hmm. because I hated Durant so much. He was such mm-hmm. a good villain. There's nobody like that in boxing mm-hmm. now. That, but uh, yeah, I go way back. Durant was the only guy that I ever saw that could fight with rage and anger and get away with it. Yeah. Like, it was genuine with him. He just didn't like you. He'd spit on you. He hated Leonard. He wouldn't shake his hand after the first fight. He was everything that he was, and he was a pretty boy. He was accepted. Yeah. You know, and, and Leonard came from, you know, a, a tough background, but he was the golden boy. What's and, your favorite Legendary Knights, by the way? Minus the Chavez, Meldrick Taylor one. Probably. That one's painful to watch. Like, that's he, why he it's, had like, it. it's like haunting. He had it. It was over. Oh, my God. He took a beating in that fight, though. I, I don't know if he's the same either way after that fight. I don't think he was. Chavez was like the Terminator. Yeah. I mean, what, one second? And his head was like made out of concrete. <laughs> yeah. I think. He, he took a, a lot of punishment. He took Concrete it. chip in his head. Yeah. I mean, you knock him down every blue moon, but man, 100 and something fights. That's why like Lomachenko is reminds me of Chavez a little bit. Not like his style, but just like yeah. he's just moving forward yeah. all the time. Yeah. And the guy's just you can't breathe. It's yeah. like I can't I don't have and he's yeah. just on you again. He he'll pester you. Yeah. He'll he'll touch you, pity patch you, and then before you know a boom, he'll hit you with a shot and you're looking at the lights. Like what happened? What's his weight class I'm blanking? I think Lomachenko's maybe one thirty, one twenty six, one thirty. Which is lightweight. Good. You never get. You'll never have to worry about him. I don't have to worry about him. I w- he I, could I mean, put on twenty pounds, but that's still that's not yeah, anywhere still near. Still a ways you. off. It's still a ways off. <laughs> if he, he got to one seventy, that would be one seventy five. That would be a little weird. But the, the the way he does his thing, though, like I wouldn't be surprised if he tried something like that, like fight a bigger guy, like really bigger guy. He's gonna have to. Who's gonna fight him? He's just like he breaks all the rules but gets away with it. Like, what's the just, what's the if there was a boxing czar, what would be the first thing you changed? A what? If they let's say there's a czar of boxing, President Trump appoints one, and this czar is going to take care of situations like the one you had, where you're suing your promoter and or the promoter suing you and all that stuff. And but what what would you want to see? Do you, do we need like a central? Yeah, like one something. title. Pension. Pension. Fighter pension slash medical. Mm. Um. Yeah, that's kind of crazy that that doesn't exist. We have nothing. You guys are like Uber drivers. <laughs> We're on our own. <laughs> you really up. are. It's like we got nothing. Just put you in the app, and that's it. I mean, seriously, like, like we literally have nothing. Yeah. Now, obviously, it's our job to figure it out, but you get a check. All right, we'll take our cut. See you later. There's no way to fix it though, because every time there's a new young up and coming boxer to get fights, they have to sign with a promoter. It's not you can't be Chance the Rapper and just but I'm doing this myself. I don't need yeah, anybody. Well, there's some independent guys. You look at like Devin Haney. He's independent, young, young up and coming. You'd guy. have to have everybody do that. I think it's. I don't think that the promoters are the issue. I just think that there needs to be some government appointed oversight with bylaws and rules in place. That way, yeah, I can sign with X promoter or Y promoter, but they have to abide by this mandate, this rule. So if there's some type of pension, now obviously you got to get guys to to pay into the pension. That's the tough part. But then you got medical, and this is all centered around life after boxing, which we don't have a very good percentage of guys who are walking around with their scruples and something tangible to show for all I the think, wars. I think Muhammad Ali, what happened to him in the condition he was in after his career, probably scared away a lot of potential boxers. It's true. And, you know, I know he was diagnosed with Parkinson's and all that stuff, but all I know is that dude took more punches than anybody ever. Damn. And especially, like, later in his career, which is when you don't want to take him. He had five a- years of fights with Ernie Shavers, guys like that, that just beating the shit out of yeah. him. To, yeah, he just shouldn't happen. Like, yeah. He had so many opportunities. I mean, if you look at, like, 
He Ali's gets out fight. of the third Frazier fight. That's it. I think he's yeah. fine. Yeah, or you look at Zaire, Africa, with, with Big George Foreman. Like, that's a perfect opportunity to walk away. They made yeah. $5 million in what, the 70s? The 70s or 60s? 70s? 75, on, 74. That's like, that's like $15 million or $20 million today. He's getting divorced, though. He lost half of it coming out of the gate. But that's that's always part of the story is, you know, mishaps there, yeah. personal life. You hang on too long. Now we have to fight to pay these tax bills, et cetera, et cetera. And that so, leads to the Larry Holmes fight. Yeah, which is sad. I mean, Larry cried after that fight. Larry Holmes. Yeah, that was terrible. Looked up to Ali, got his start from Ali, used to go yeah. to training camp and in uh, Deer Lake, Pennsylvania. Um, that was his idol. And then that was one up- of the first 30 for 30s we did. Um, I was I was involved. I created 30 for 30. We developed yeah. all that stuff. And this guy who documented that fight, this famous documentarian, mm. we met with him to do 30 for 30. Like, if we had any ideas, he's like, I followed Ali around before the Holmes fight. I think mm. it's in a warehouse somewhere. We're like, what? Mm. And it turned out to be this whole documentary. And it's like watching somebody... I saw that. Um, I saw uh, that 30 for 30. Yeah, yeah. It's a great one. Recently, Sorry, my actually. My wife's calling me. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. But yeah, it's like it's poor Ali. Yeah, I, I didn't realize. And reali- I think it scared people off. But I didn't real. I think you're right. But I didn't realize he was in that bad of shape. Yeah, his hand. Like there were scenes where his He was already like, shaking. Yeah, yeah. He had a bunch of fat around his belly. He was training at 30, 40% of what he normally would. And in my mind, I'm like, why didn't anybody on his team stop him no he's he's an atm machine to them it's the checks it's the money. that's another problem with boxing it just seems like these these some of these guys have so many people around them yeah that and then it's you know and ali is a great example he had the most yeah. he had uh, he had to have a whole camp practically and yeah. he probably barely knew half the people you um, know like so i went to canastota new york probably two years ago yeah the boxing hall of fame first time ever there unbelievable it's like so bitter and so sweet all at the same time. Saw so many guys that I think Tito Trinidad, Felix Trinidad was oh inducted. My God. Yeah. I think Oscar De La Hoya was inducted. But then I saw a lot of guys who never became champs, just guys that I knew. Iran, Barkley, Leon, and Michael Spinks. Yeah. Like I had a great time being around these guys. But then it saddened me because a lot of these guys are shuffling in and out of the room. Yeah, they get a round of applause. Former champ. But they got nothing to show for it. They fall on hard times. That's part of what I want to change in this sport. Yeah, and I don't have all the answers, and it's obviously going to take more than me. But first and foremost, I'm just trying to lead by example. You know, everybody's not going to make 20 million, but what you make, what are you doing with it? Man, and Michael Spinks, he had some big fights. I mean, now, a lot of these guys had big ass pay per view fights. Now, Michael, from what I understand, did did right by his money. Oh, good. He seemed to be fine mentally, and after that Tyson fight, he said, "That's it, I'm done," and he saved what he had. He made a lot of money that night. I was in high school when that fight. Ever we had I was the guy who had the fights in the base. Everyone came to my basement for the fight. Big party. Yeah. My mom's making food. She came down with the food. The fight was over. <laughs> I was like, no, no, she said he's already been knocked out. It was That's like ninety it. seconds. I mean, Tyson how many beats it? anybody. I was that saying, night. How many times has Tyson done that to people? Like I, seriously. I still I think Ali is the best the best heavyweight ever. I still think Tyson that night beats anybody. Mm-hmm. He was just locked in yeah. and the scariest person yeah. who ever lived. Yeah. yeah. And now who knows? All right, Andre Ward. So I'm going to wager on you again. Don't let me down. Hey, man, I'm not saying do it, but I'm not saying don't do it. Now I think do, you, you got to trust your heart, man. I Listen, I, I know what I know. Okay. I think you figured it out. I think he's going to come out and he's going to try to knock you out in the first five rounds again. I don't think, I think that's it, is who he is. Mm. Weather the storm. 
do your thing. If you need me to walk out in Steph Curry's say, place, I'm here. No, I was gonna say, can we get you in the corner though? Because like we get <laughs> a little, like, Andre, settle down. As an advisor, we talked about this because you know what you're talking about. Yeah, I like that. I like what you just said. Well, I do think you need beast mode in your corner. What's what I'm thinking be... about doing? I'm thinking about maybe bringing out the whole Bay Area. I'm thinking. I'm thinking about. I gotta see if everybody can get. Maybe Marshawn. Oh, like Dame, Dame. Marshawn Dame. Maybe a few of those people. Maybe a couple other people. That would be unbelievable. An all Bay Area cast. We never out. talked about the Raiders. We got to talk about that very quick. I'm salty, man. Yeah, I know. I'm it's almost like you don't even want to bring it up to people in Oakland. I- I'm salty about the Warriors leaving too. Yeah, so that was kind of an under the rate. And the Warriors are spinning it a certain way, but it's like, well, it's 20 minutes away. And it's like, well, but you're not in Oakland. Right. Yeah. I'm salty about that. I get it. Yeah. You know, I understand the business side of it. And I talked to, I know pretty much everybody in that arena. I fought there six, seven times. I know everybody in there. A good amount of people are going over, meaning the workers, the attendants, people like that. But there's some people that can't make it over there. It wasn't quite the same there anymore anyway. Oracle? Well, once the team got good, the irony of it was the fan base changed a little bit. Like that used to be the most diverse yeah. arena. Yeah. You went there in the 90s and the yeah. early 2000s and mm. it was like there was no NBA crowd like that. Mm. And then you could feel the money start to change it. And then it became what it is. It's still a very good crowd, but yeah. it's not what it was. And it'll be interesting when they go from Oracle to Chase. But I'm not happy about it. And I'm definitely not happy about the Raiders. I still Don't you feel like there's a 20% chance the Raiders don't leave? <laughs> I'm still holding on with both hands. Like, I don't know why. I just can't leave. believe it's actually going to happen. They're going to go to I, Vegas and people are just going to go pay to go see the other team. All that When they play the Pats, like there's going to be 60,000 Boston fans. They're like, come on. That's what I mean. Yeah. But... The silver lining would be to sign Marshawn Lynch for two years. Two to three. Oh, we it's like an that. olive branch to the Oakland If we fans. can get that, it's going to be a little easier. Pats are sniffing around on him now. That's what they're saying. We'll see. Yeah, it'd be good. I'd like to see him. All right, Andre Ward, good luck. Appreciate this it. Was Thank fun. you so much. That's it for the pod. Thanks to Cousin Sal. Thanks to Andre Ward. Thanks to Cabbage. They are proud to support more than 100,000 small businesses with $2.9 billion in funding. Visit cabbage.com slash BS. There's no cost to apply or set up your line of credit. And guess what? As a BS podcast listener, when you qualify for funding, you will get a $100 Visa gift card you can use anywhere. Visit cabbage.com slash BS. That's cabbage with a K. Cabbage.com slash BS. And thanks to Sonos for epic sound you can feel from a speaker you'll hardly notice. You need Playbase from Sonos. Playbase adds pulse panning sound to whatever's playing movies, sports, TV, gaming, music, whatever. You don't even have to read the manual. The Sonos app guides you through every step of the setup. One power cord, one optical cord is all it takes. Everything sounds better on Playbase. See for yourself at Sonos.com, Sonos.com. Don't forget about the Ringer NFL show. Night of the draft, day after, right after round two. couple shows coming up with all of our crew. Don't forget about the Ringer.com, NBA playoffs, NFL draft, baseball, pop culture, everything. Ringer.com, that is where my newest column is coming out very, very soon. And we'll be back on Friday with another BS Podcast. We, I banked a couple great guests, by the way. I'm very excited. Uh, one of them I Instagrammed already. It's uh, Trey and Matt from South Park. I think that's coming next week. Had another good one, too. Uh, we are stepping up here on the BS Podcast. Thanks for listening. See you on Friday.